This week, we're going to talk about progressions in cheerleading and how to know if your cheerleader is ready to progress. The debate on whether cheerleading qualifies as a sport is ongoing. There is no doubt, however, that cheerleaders are athletes. In the Cheer and Athlete podcast, we'll dive into all things that may affect athletes who cheer. If you're interested in the sport of cheer, then this is a podcast for you. We'll talk with industry leaders and cheer enthusiasts who keep the sport of cheerleading progressing. I'm your host, Laura Turner, aka the Cheer PT, and I look forward to helping keep your your athletes healthy and safe and on the mat, ready to progress and hit zero at all times. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Cheer Athlete. This week, we're going to talk about progressions in cheerleading and how to know if your cheerleader is ready to progress. Last Friday, I had a Q&A session in my in the Health and Wellness for Cheer Athletes group on Facebook, and I talked about progression from like early development to walking and beyond. And my my bottom line was we need to have a system in place that we are progressing stunt-wise, and how do you know when your cheerleader is actually ready to progress and ready to move on to the next skill? Now, this podcast, I'm not going to talk about, um, you know, actual skill progression um, because that's beyond the scope of what I do now. Um, and everybody is well, way beyond um, the basics of what I could teach. Things like front walkovers and full ups and, you know, handsprings into prone positions and hand in hands. But the bottom line with all of that as you get more advanced in stunting, the, the, the common thread between a thigh stand and a hand in hand is the strength of the cheerleader and the mobility. So what does that cheerleader need? It varies, obviously. You gotta start at the lower level. You know, at a thigh stand, they need that hip flexibility as well as the mobility and the strength. So flexibility we've talked about before is just sitting on the floor in a straddle or in a split and just being able to hold that or being able to do the back bend and and just kind of stay there with your back arched like that's flexibility it's not actual control of movement so when i argue against stretching and flexibility it's 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 really the passive stretch that we're talking about we do need mobility we need to be able to take our body and our joints and our muscles through full range of motion that is available to us and control that in that space. And when we don't have that mobility, then it sets us up for bigger risk. Um, things on mobility that I look for as a physical therapist and a strength coach is can the cheerleader touch their toes and do they do that uh, appropriately? Do they have a nice C curve in their spine? Do they shift their hips back? Um, and can they do it with their legs straight? If not, then I look at, can they do it sitting down? And then can they do it laying with one leg raising up? And that's an active straight leg raise. And if they can't do that active, can they do it passively? Can I move that? And do they actually have the flexibility to be able to control that? These are all pieces that we put together. And if we have a yes, great, we move on to the next one. If we have a no, then that's something that they need to work on. Next I look at is can they lean backwards and do they have a little bit of a rainbow curve also uh, or a C curve as they're leaning backwards through their spine, do their hips shift forward? This will look at their hip extension, their back extension. Are they just hinging at the hips? There's a wonderful little young lady out there who is 
incredibly flexible and she does all these fabulous uh, tricks that a lot of people follow. And she she's very hyper mobile through her spine and she hinges right at that like L1, L2 region, which is right at like where your ribs and uh, just below the ribs and the kind of the upper portion of your lower back. It's that's that to me is too much flexibility. And so in both looking at toe touching and leaning back, you can have too much flexibility as well. It's the controlled mobility that is the key. I look at, can they stand on one leg? Do they line up with their ankle right underneath their knee, right underneath their hip, their pelvis? Is it level or is it hiked on one side and leading to more adduction or abduction in the leg? That can tell me a lot about their strength and their motor control on their on their lower body. I do look at how, how they squat. I like an overhead squat because that tells me what their shoulder range of motion looks like, what their upper back range of motion looks like, and what their hip range of motion and ankle and knee um, all look like. And an ideal world, unloaded, a squat we should, full mobility, should be able to get butt down towards feet, maintaining a solid core. The thighs are just below the, uh, are, sorry, the thighs, the shins and the and the upper trunk are parallel. So they kind of line up like this. So there's a little forward lean, but the trunk isn't leaning and tipping like way far forward. And then from there, I look at half kneeling because that's going to tell me a lot. If they can't stand on one leg and they can't squat, they can get down on one knee and they can line up in solid, uh, you know, their knees directly under their hip. Uh, and then I look at their ankle mobility. If the ankle goes past their toes about four centimeters, they have the mobility. They just don't have the strength and the control up in the air. So that's going to gear what they need to do and how they need to progress. There are a few other things that I look at, like pelvic mobility, because I think that tells us a lot about what the rest of the body does. Um, but, the, but the basic movement screens, you know, can you touch toes? Can you extend? Can you squat? Can you stand on one leg? And can you kneel? Can you do a straight leg raise and, you know, and then what does your hip extension look like? Like those all feed into, is your cheerleader ready to progress to the next level? If they have the mobility and they don't have the strength and they can't control it, then we need to build on that strength and make sure they, they build up to that over time. What I talked about in the health and wellness for cheer athlete group is that, you know, we have to crawl before we can walk. And most, there's a lot of people that try to really encourage walking before crawling. And when we miss that crawling, we miss out a lot of core stability. So a lot of times in clinic, I have kids down on the floor crawling. I have adults down on the floor and crawling and kneeling and just balancing on one knee because we lose that as we get older. And I don't think, I, you know, kids are a little bit more prone to being down on the floor and kind of playing around and lying on their stomach or getting up on their knees and kneeling through the day. But we, as we get into teenage years, we don't do that as much. You know, we stop crawling because it's much more efficient to walk, but we still need to be able to do that up and down. And and including those in everyday activity can really do a, a great, uh, can really help greatly on improving core stability and hip strength as well. So in order to be able to progress from a thigh stand to a prep, you need to have that core control. You need to have the hip mobility, knee mobility, ankle, and upper body mobility to be able to do that. Um, same thing, progressing from a prep level to an extended level stunt. Um, and then it's the same premise, whether you're doing elite 
stunts at college level stunts, or you're doing uh, Pop Warner and youth stunts, you know, a new, very new kid stunts. Like you need to have that control. Yes, the control develops over time and your strengths should develop over time. We're not going to throw a five-year-old with a 60 pound weight overhead when they haven't trained that and they can't hold their own body weight at 20 pounds. However, I think, I don't know how much a five-year-old weighs. Anyways, they, uh, we want to make sure that we, you know, develop the strength and control and they can do things solidly before they progress. So we've checked their mobility. Now we want to see, do they have the strength? Can they maintain that position? Can they hold a plank and have good form, keeping their ribs down, their pelvis level, their chin tucked and their neck long, their shoulders out of their ears? That all, just a regular solid plank will tell you, do they have the core strength? Do they have the upper body strength to be able to do something more advanced? It's not fully functional in that we don't walk around holding a plank all day, but it is a functional movement pattern that we can build on and, and progress with. And it will tell us a lot on if they have that stability. I look at, can they breathe? Um, yes. Everybody that I work with is breathing, but are they breathing efficiently? Are they using their core? Breathing is a baseline core exercise. They need to be able to expand their lower ribs, expand through, like get into a, a lower uh into the diaphragmatic breath which is more of a belly breath we call it but really getting that lateral expansion and not all upper upper chest can they maintain their posture while they're taking an efficient breath and can they do it in different positions can they do it when they're moving cat cow uh i call it cat cow 2.0 in the macular dissection coursework that i've done and that is when we're just looking at the lumbar and pelvic flexion and extension in a cat cow. So just the lower back. Can they exhale as they extend and stick the bottom out? And can they inhale and get a good movement into flexion as they flex? And can they do that with uh, for a number of repetitions? Can they hold, can they, can they crawl and maintain that core and the posture cues and maintaining their breath? All of those things will feed into each other. When people come to see me, they, they probably get frustrated. I, I sense they get frustrated that, you know, why is she having me crawl? Why am I just holding, you know, and working on an adductor rock for my flexibility and my half nailing hold? Like, that's all you want me to do is hold a balance position on my knee? Yes, because I want you to maintain your posture in these static positions. And when you can own that, when you can own your breathing, then you're ready to progress. That's going to help the mobility to progress. Squatting under tension and squatting under load, you have to have a lot of ownership of your core stability, your hip, your ankle, your knee, and, and your upper back to be able to progress and squat under, under load, um, whether that be a goblet squat or a uh, clean and a snatch or doing any cheerleading stunt. You have to be able to own the basic levels so that you can progress and move on with that. All this week on social media, I've been posting about squats and what exercises are good to help improve squat mobility. Um, generally in the, in the physical therapy world and strength world, I'm not working on, I, I work a lot more on improving the squat mechanics outside of squatting um, before they come on into squat. And I, 
most of my clients start with a box squat, which is tapping your butt to a box because they don't have the core strength and the hip and the range motion to be able to do an advanced. Now, how do you get there and how do you do that? There's a lot of different ways. And there's a lot of people that will tell you that you have to train that full motion to get that full motion. And I agree, you do. But if you don't have that motion, you have to work that motion first to get there. I myself tried to progress into doing a deeper squat because I want to get that range of motion back. I can't do an overhead squat with my arms overhead and, and get down low. And that's because I've got some limitations in my ankles, my upper back, um, and my shoulders. And it's a stability factor. And I've got to work baseline levels before I can progress that. For me, if I was going back and cheering now, I would struggle with overhead work. It's not that they can't do it, but it may not look as clean because you can't, I won't be able to get fully up underneath. I can't get down low enough for a flyer to load in efficiently. And then it's going to be a struggle for me to really use my legs and power up. When our baseline mobility isn't solid, we struggle. Our hands will take over and, and get tight. Like, Wrist mobility or wrist strength is a big complaint for cheerleaders. Wrist pain is, is a big complaint for cheerleaders because they're trying to do all their work with their hands and really you know, get them flat and create that, that load into the hands. But if we develop the upper back and the core strength and we develop our hip strength, it's a lot easier. We can use our bigger muscles instead of just using the wrist to, to hold that. Yes, we do need some baseline wrist mobility. If you can crawl, you probably and crawl comfortably, you probably have enough wrist mobility to be able to do whatever, you know, the overhead stuff. And some of that's training too. You know, kids aren't used to like having something slam on their hands and sort of learning to to stunt. And so we have to train them to get that stability through the same as on the foot, the thumb, the pinky, and the like the the ball of the hand and creating tension there instead of just dumping into the wrist. The big takeaway I want you to take from this is that uh, coaches, if you're listening to this, make sure your kids have the mobility and the strength to progress. If they, if you're not sure, reach out to me. I do free movement screens and I can tell you where they're lacking and what they need work on. And it, we can come up together with a, with a good exercise plan that they can do at home and potentially do as part of their warm-up. If you're a parent, let your coaches decide when their kids are ready to progress their skills. It's not your job to decide that. Your kids are going to come home and complain to you that they want to progress, but they're, and they're not able to, and they're frustrated with that. I get it. And it's hard as a parent to let them do that. The best thing you can do for your child is listen to them, understand where they're coming from, and teach them to trust their coaches and the progressions. Because... They know if they have, they own the, the ability to do something at a lower level before they progress, whether that's stunting, tumbling, or jumping. Um, you know, it's all aspects, but they have to go through those progressions. And if they're not seeing it, and, and cheerleading isn't a single sport. Like, there's not, we may have partner stunts where it's just two people. If it's all girl or even one guy, there's group stunts, right? So all four of those people have to be strong enough, mobile enough, and ready to go to progress. If they're not, they're not ready. And as a coach, I used to like to have my more experienced flyers with my less experienced bases 
or vice versa, because it helps to train the, the, the level that needs to level up. Sometimes that's frustrating, but it, as a team, you need them all to be at the same level. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't come off visually if you have one stunt group that can uh, full up and everyone else is just at a prep level. You know, every, they, they has, it has to be across the board. Um, and so I, I can understand as an individual athlete, it gets frustrating. But remember, this is a team sport and we are group and partner stunts. And we need to all be able to work together to progress fully as a team so that we can perform our routines and look in sync. Um, if you have any questions about this, please don't hesitate to reach out. My email is laura at movebetterllc.com. I'm happy to answer any questions. You can always find me on social media. I'm the chair PT uh, at Laura Turner on Instagram. I'm on Facebook under Laura Turner. Um, and the Health and Wellness for Cheer Athletes group, please come and join and ask your questions. And uh, I'm also on TikTok. <laughs> um, and, but you, so, you, so you can find me. I'm everywhere. But send me an email. I'm, I'm happy to answer questions. And again, I do free movement screens, whether you're a coach or you're a parent looking for that for your child. I think doing a movement screen should be one of the precursors to trying out. Um, as I, I would push in the, for the high schools as part of the pre-movement, you know, as a pre-physical, you know, they always go to the physician and they, they check the very important things, the blood pressure and you know, are they, are they moving? Okay. Most physicians don't check movement. They may look at you. Can you stand up? They're going to check your reflexes, but they're not looking. Do you have enough movement to do what you want to do? I'm not here to take a kid out of a sport because they don't have the movement, but I am here to teach corrective movement, which some people argue the word and corrective movement, but I'm here to teach kids how to move better, um, to kids and adults, how to move better, how to feel better and to have a better experience in cheerleading. Um, and so if you're looking to have a moment screen, please reach out. I do these for free. And it's, you know, I, it, it's important for to see where the limitations are so that they can progress past them. All right. Uh, I hope you have a good week. I, um, if you're, if you want more information about how to progress squats and any along that lines, please let me know. And uh, I hope to talk to you, or I will talk to you next week. Don't forget, when in doubt, breathe it out. Take life one step at a time. You can do anything that you put your mind to. And as my friend Drew Kelleher said, you're responsible for your own vibes. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Cheer Athlete. If you enjoyed it, please remember to like, share, and review. Because when you do that, it reaches more people. And if you have any comments, please leave them below. I look forward to having an ongoing discussion. To access our free guides for the, from the Cheer PT, we have a Healthy Day 7-Day Cheerleading Challenge and a uh, Healthy Fit Cheer, which will help you improve your jumps and your tumbling. And then the 10 Top Ways to Prevent Cheerleading Injuries, along with our concussions, uh, our concussion interview series. Any of these free guides you can find available in the links below. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions, please reach out. You can always reach us at www.movebetterllc.com. Have a great day, live life without deductions, and keep cheering.